0: Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays, or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com.
1: Morning, my name's Beck. Welcome to church. It's great to be here sharing the word with you this morning. We've got this cross on stage which uh, is here because obviously it's the cross of Christ and we're a Christian church right but this is in the lead up to Easter and um, each week we're adding a different element to it so you've seen um, an element just be added to it then and it's part of our Easter service, our Good Friday service which is going to be an interactive um, reflective service so I encourage you to come along to that. I do believe it's online or in person as well. Wow, what a start. <laughs> it's good, I've got a good sense of humour. I can laugh at myself. Well, today I get the great privilege of continuing this new series that we've started, which Love Is, and today I'm going to talk to you about Love Is Looking Beyond. Love Is Looking Beyond, and we had a great kick-off last week um, and so we're going to delve into that today, and I want to explore with you this morning an individual encounter that somebody had with Jesus that's recorded in Scripture, and we're going to dive into that and explore that and see how that relates not only to back then in the biblical time and to that individual, but how it also teaches us about what love is and how love is looking beyond. Does that sound good to you? You with me coming along for this, this ride this morning? off to a good start. Let's pray, shall we? Pray with me, because goodness knows I need prayer. (laughs) Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come and share in community with one another, to come and share in your word with each other. Father, I pray that you would illuminate um, something in a season to each and every person here. Father, let us have hearts to receive from you. Father, let Christ be exalted this morning as we hear your word in Jesus' name, amen. So the scripture that we're looking at this morning is um, one that you're probably quite familiar with. We call it the the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. Um, And it's about this lady who has a encounter with Jesus. And it's quite a profound encounter with Jesus. And it's really easy. It's only 37 verses long. It's really easy just to read it, and gloss over it, but when you unpack what's going on through this interaction, you see that there's actually some really significant meaning, and it's, it's quite broad-reaching, and we're only going to look at one element of that today that applies to love, but I encourage you to, to go home today and read it for yourself, to dig into it, to spend some time reflecting on it, um, and yeah, it's a great great little interaction but instead of reading the scripture to you today uh, I wanted to show you a video clip of it from the chosen series and I had a look at it and I I looked at the scriptures and I feel like it's a really authentic replication of the scriptures Um, so and because I'm a really visual learner as well I feel like my ipad's playing music right now Um, so we're going to watch it you up for that all right let's do that
0: I've done. Oh, he
1: must be the Christ!
2: <laughs> hey, wait! <laughs> You're what, You forgot your, um... Fast to you, ma'am. You told me everything I ever did! <laughs> <laughs> um, bye-bye, we got food. What would you, you like? Stop it there. Ah.
1: It's an amazing encounter. And I've been reading this book by Timothy Keller, which interestingly is called Encounters with Jesus. And there's a a quote from the book that I want to read to you and it's about this story of Jesus encountering this woman and uh He says, and so when Jesus begins to speak to her, he is deliberately reaching across almost every significant barrier that people can put up between themselves. In this case, a racial barrier, a cultural barrier, a gender barrier, and a moral barrier. And every convention of the time that he, a religious Jewish male, should have nothing whatsoever to do with her. But he doesn't care. Do you see how radical this is? He reaches right across all human divides in order to connect with her. She is amazed and we should be amazed too. And the first thing I want to unpack about this scripture with this morning is that love is seeing beyond the barriers. Love is seeing beyond the barriers. You know, how can we ensure that, that we are not putting up barriers that would stop somebody encountering jesus through our life the next you know think about are we even aware of the barriers that we create that stop people encountering jesus through us and i i think a lack of knowledge is always impacts our ability to show people jesus and I want to tell you a story about um, a couple years ago, um, oh, you can all celebrate with me, side note, I'm nearly finished uni. I'll stop telling uni stories in my sermons very soon. Give me a couple more months and you'll never hear another uni story again. But a couple years ago, as part of my degree, I did this um, unit which was called Indigenous Education. And um, for me... Um, I'm a product of probably, not sure I should confess this, the 80s, 90s education system. And and there were some limitations to Australian education at that time. And I did this unit and it was quite eye-opening for me. It was quite confronting and it was quite a profound experience actually because I discovered how little I knew about the country that I lived in. And it, I was shocked. I was really shocked. And I found it to be such a great experience, such a great, great growth experience and such an expanding experience, not only in my educational uh, stream but also in my faith journey as well. But, you know, we don't know what we don't know, right? We don't know what we don't know. And uh, our goal as Christians is to become more like Christ, right? That's the goal. That's what we're moving towards. And when we say yes to following Jesus, we're saying yes to becoming more like him. That's the goal of what we're doing. So in that goal, in that journey of becoming more like Jesus, we need to position ourselves to grow, right? We need to position ourselves to grow in understanding and to learn the things that we don't know, right? You with me? There's this great kingdom principle uh, that is outworking right before your eyes, which is called community and fellowship. right? And I want to share with you a little bit about um, the idea of how community and fellowship helps us grow in our journey with Jesus, becoming more like him and helps us see the things that we don't know That our barriers that exist within us so I I thought I'd put some Greek in because I just noticed all the really good preachers do that and I just wanted you to think I was smart so just hang with me for a minute so the word for community and fellowship is koinonia is that cool right yeah so you've learned something new see how smart I am (laughs) done my research. Um, But it's this profound word that talks about uh, what the role of community and fellowship is within a body of believers, right? And um, here, when you look around the room, you see a group of people who are coming together, but it's not just about attending church. It's about forming a community of people that share resources and share wisdom and share growth together. And it's supposed to be intergenerational where people are mixing with people outside of their normal or their what like attracts like and you know when when I was reading this I was like thinking you know the scriptures when it talks about this in the new testament talks about sharing resources sharing of food sharing of money sharing of possessions but it also extends further to talk about the sharing of wisdom so look around the room how much shared collective wisdom in walking with Jesus is there in this room and I wanted to highlight some things to you this morning like so I calculated how long I have been walking with God for and then I so I added some numbers to that so that it was higher so I I wonder if in the room this morning those who have made a decision to follow Christ in not in when you're a little kid but you've transitioned from your parents faith to your faith so you've made a commitment as a person yourself yes I'm following Jesus I wonder how many people in this room have followed Jesus for more than 30 years if you're brave can you put your hand up look at the hands follow Jesus for more than 30 years I wonder if there's people in the room who have followed Jesus for more than 35 years I wonder if there's people in the room who have followed Jesus for more than 40 years. That's awesome. I could make a joke, but I won't. I'll (laughs) restrain. No. (laughs) Um, That's amazing, right? That's amazing. And I think we need to honor the people who have walked before us, who have walked the journey of faith before us, because we have so much to learn from them. I love spending time with people who have walked with Jesus more than me and I'll I'll deliberately put people in my life who have walked before me and I'll ask them when I'm going through transition times or I'm making big decisions, or we will, and uh, we'll gain wisdom from them because I don't know what I don't know, right? And I want to walk in community and I want to learn from those who have gone before me. I was wondering if we could just honour those people. I know it's like you might feel uncomfortable, but if you're one of those people that put your hand up, I would really love to pray a blessing over you. Would you mind standing up this morning? So if you've walked with Jesus for more than 30 years, could you stand up? Don't be embarrassed because we want to honour you this morning. You are not finished yet. You have so much to give into this community, into this body to impart in. And I want to bless you this morning and I want everybody to see hey, look at this, this wisdom that's in our community, these people that have gone before us that we can draw on. And uh, yeah, if you're around those people, can you just lay your hands on them? Let's pray for them. Let's bless them. I've got this beautiful blessing and I'd like to read over you. We thank you, God, for these people. May the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in Your hands, the wisdom of God be reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow from your heart, that all may see and seeing believe. So, Father, we just pray a blessing over these people. Father, they are not done in the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you that they're in our community, and we pray that they would continue to serve you and bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being brave and standing. We honor you this morning. We need you. I was reading, and uh, reading, I was listening to this podcast the other day of um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Pete Scazzaro, anybody know, anybody, yep, yep, few yes, come on, <laughs> and it was, it was an, the, the title caught me actually, it said, what would I say to my 25, 35, 45 year old self, thought, oh, that's really interesting, and so I was listening to it, and it talks about um, how much, you know, as you get older, You experience you have gained from walking with God and how much you've matured in your faith Um, and what a great deal of experience and resource that is and uh, reflecting on what wisdom might we impart to our younger self and hey as we're journeying along is that wisdom are we able to impart that to somebody younger who we're walking alongside as well. So the more I explore the purpose of the church, because sometimes you think, oh man, churches are messy, like why do we do it? Is it just me? But the more I read and the more I learn and the more I discover, um, I just can't go past the power of being in community with one another and the great purpose of the church to be a community uh, through the ups, the downs the ugly bits, you know, in its organic state, it is this fantastic, you know, environment uh, and it's a vehicle for intergenerational community um, that just fosters discipleship, worship and maturing in our faith and actually, I remember years ago when we were at one of our, uh, at our last church and there would be these young, so I'll talk, I'll talk to the young people because you all seem to gather over here. There were these young uh, boys who, I don't know, they were early high school and I had a uh, like a toddler at the time. And these boys would spend ages at church just sitting with uh, my son and his mates building paper planes and just spending time with them. And, you know, my son remembers that now. And they were older, they could have been hanging with their crew they could have been doing whatever but they spent the time with these younger people and you know maybe it was just making plans but maybe it was showing an example of Christ right there you know and it, when we're called to be intergenerational we're called to come into this community and interact with people of all ages because there's power in that that's what we're here for that's how we grow you know, our faith, I'd be reading and listening to some stuff about, uh, because, you know, we live in a society where everything's individualized, right? And so we try and individualize spirituality, but spirituality in a Christian context is never meant to be outworked as an individual. It's actually only ever meant to be outworked in a community of believers. So you can't actually grow your spiritual self if you're not in community. If you're not interacting with people around you in a faith community, it's quite profound. And, uh, you know, linking back to the education that I got through that uni course, I love the fact that our First Nations culture, they value elders, right? They really value it. They value the community. And uh, we need to adopt some of those principles in really valuing the people that have gone before us and being willing to sit with them and hear their wisdom. Um You know, it's when we're in community and there was a great uh, Dream Team Huddle talk about this this morning. When we're in community and we're willing to be vulnerable with one another and we're willing to grow with one another, that's when we see really spiritual maturity come into play and that's where we're really growing and that's where we identify any barriers that we may have that are going to hinder people in counting Christ because as you're walking with people, they're going to point stuff out to you, right? You might not want to hear it, but they're going to point it out to you, and you're going to learn, and you're going to grow through that. So a couple of reflective points for you. You ready? You feeling reflective? Some of you are not sure, but come on, be with me. Reflective is good. Who are you following? Like, who are you following? And is the person you're following, following God? Like, because you want to be following people who are following God, right? You don't want to be following people that are following the latest hit. Like other people that you're walking alongside with how's their relationship with God who can you connect with in this body of believers who has walked the walk through the hard times through the good times like this great resource that we have here who are you going to invite out for coffee who's been before you because I think the responsibility is on us like not for the the mature in faith necessarily to come say come on walk with me but hey Can I take you out for coffee? Can I glean some wisdom from you? Can I ask you about this situation? What would you do in this situation? The responsibility is on us to do that. Love, you know, we're talking about love, but love comes from an overflow. You can't conjure love, but a love comes from an overflow of living a life where Jesus is at the forefront, where Jesus is at the centre You know, we're talking about love, but love can't come, you know, it's kind of artificial if it's not coming out of that relational growing with Jesus, yeah? The second part, I'm going to run out of time soon. second part I want to unpack with you. So first is um, love is seeing beyond the barriers. The second thing is love is seeing beyond the natural. Um, If we think back to the story of the Samaritan woman, how would we have treated her? How would we have treated her as an individual, knowing her backstory? Would we have treated her the same as Jesus had treated her? Would we have avoided her like you do when you're going through the supermarkets and those clean heat gas people like, are in the middle? I am not making eye contact. <laughs> you know. But the scripture really outlays that she was an outcast, that she was not liked by her community. Um, you know she was very much felt the rejection of the people around her and um, she chose you know to go in the heat of the day to get water to avoid having to feel that rejection feel that shame and feel that isolation but it's interesting that Jesus spoke to her in a gentle and compassionate way he spoke to her in a gentle and compassionate way what was he doing What was he doing when he was interacting with her? What was the purpose of his encounter with her? You know, Jesus, despite all the barriers that would have naturally stopped him from encountering her, talking to her and meeting, even being seen with her, um, sees her and sees her situation from a supernatural perspective. Not from a natural perspective, but from a supernatural perspective. And he connects with her need. You know, she's been searching for a sense of purpose, searching for love in inappropriate ways. But Jesus sees her real need. He sees her real need and he connects with her real need and speaks to her real need. You know, if we only judge a person by their outward looks, by their actions, by their behaviours, then how will they receive Christ? You know, who's worthy if we're going to do that? Like, none of us would be worthy, right? You know, in 1 Samuel 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord sees supernaturally at what people need, and his whole purpose is to bring people into relationship with God. And so we've got to remove this just looking at the natural just looking at the natural you know we're called to be supernatural vision you know the church should be a place of diversity not just ethnicity diversity but diversity diverse of background story all sorts of things like we're not supposed to be all the same we're supposed to be messy isn't that cool <laughs> supposed to be messy because people are messy people have all sorts of backstories and And the thing is that Jesus sees supernaturally and wants to connect people with the love of God. You know, what's interesting about this story too, when you read the scripture, and please go home and read it, either today or during the week, is that, you know, he was traveling with his disciples, but he happened to be without his disciples at this situation. And he encountered this woman alone. And I don't think that was... By accident. I think that was intentional because verse 27 it says, just then the disciples came back. They were shocked. They were shocked. They were shocked to find him talking to this woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask. It's surprising that Peter didn't ask, right? But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? Like it was outside the norm. But he's seen beyond, he's seen beyond the natural and wanted to do something in her life you know do we have the capacity to look beyond is what I want you to think about today do we individually have the capacity to look beyond people's mess beyond people's ugliness beyond people's situations and still see what God is wanting to do in their life you know how would we respond if insert anything walks into our church one day how would we respond would we see naturally or would we see supernaturally it's confronting like it's really confronting if you insert some things um into their different people groups or whatever how would we respond like that's confronting to think about but it's something we need to think about because we need to be challenging our thinking we need to be willing to look beyond what we see in the natural and see what God is doing. Like, isn't it awesome if people walk through the door that are a hot mess? Like, yes, they're positioned to encounter God and we just have to let go of all that that hinders us and let them experience the love of God. That's our call to help people encounter Jesus, right? You know what the outcome of this encounter that Jesus had with this woman was? Let me read to you. It says, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe. Not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the saviour of the world. How many people got saved? How many people encountered Jesus? I invite the worship team up now. It's amazing, right? This one encounter where Jesus, don't worry about the barriers that stop me from interacting with this person. What is God wanting to do in this person's life? And how can I be a conduit for this person to experience the love of God? And then that person experiences the love of God and they start following Jesus and then they help other people follow Jesus. Like, that's cool, right? That's what we're about, right? I'm just going to recap and then we're going to head back into worship. What I hope what I hopefully have somewhat articulated in a understandable manner today is that we can only ever really understand the love of God in the context of Jesus. Like you can't understand the love of God outside of the context of Jesus because he is the full embodiment of God's love. As we grow in his likeness, we naturally eliminate barriers. We naturally eliminate the barriers that would restrict our ability to help people encounter Jesus through us. And our community here is essential to that. Being in church and doing life with the people around you and having relationships with people in this room is essential to our spiritual growth. Your spirituality is not just your own. Your spirituality belongs to a body of believers. As we share our knowledge, we share our resources, we share our wisdom and we grow together. And we need to look at people with a supernatural perspective. We need to be able to shut off the natural uh, judgments and see the supernatural of what God is wanting to do in people's lives and just walk with that.